Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And we are really glad you joined us again. It's been a little while, so it has. Kind of happy fun. New Year. <laughs> yeah, happy New Year. Um, this feels a little strange. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, uh, do I remember what we do? I don't. Um, <laughs> what is, what's this podcast again? What is it? <laughs> what or what? What are we um, doing? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we actually got to see each other over Christmas, so that was Yes, awesome. yes. Um, which we, also it, feels we, like forever ago because it's January. Yes, so. it does. I I'm don't like, know what's going on in life, but. I, I don't either, but that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> the snow days yeah. have really messed me up, oh. too. You know? Girl, I, it, you're like a superhero in my book because, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how you have done it. You had so many snow days. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I don't even know And you're not many. used to. I lost track. It's like, and they were so, actual snow days too. Yes, like well, it some snowed. of them were like we would have a snow day, and then we'd have another snow day, even though our roads were fine, but like back yeah. roads and stuff were not good. So yeah, but we had legit oh snow and ice. It was crazy. Today though, it's supposed to get like in the fifties, and I might have to sit outside because it's the yeah. first time this whole year. That it was maybe bearable outside. So yeah, it's you. You've had it crazy, man. Yeah. Which makes me. I mean, which is. I mean, again, crazy for Tennessee. I know everybody right, else right. up north is like. Uh, are you serious? Right. But, <laughs> oh my goodness, we're not used to that anymore, are we? Back. That's right. So. Yes, I actually went out on the roads. Um, one of the snow days, uh, I went to Murfreesboro, which is like twenty minutes away. And I was like, Nathan, do you want to drive, you know, to Walmart or whatever? And he's like, no way. I'm not going out on those roads. <laughs> it's like, why are you going out on them? Why yeah. I was like, I have to get out. I have to. Let yes. me go. Release me. <laughs> oh, I mean, I love my children, but having them in the house 24-7 is Well, but also... When it's winter 24-7, there's yes. a difference between summer having them home and winter. Yes. And you can send them outside, but it takes 20 minutes to get everything on. <laughs> yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. And then they always want hot cocoa when they come in. Uh, yeah. You have to do the baths. <laughs> and that, you know, it's like, it's a whole morning. <laughs> Oh, it takes me back. I tell you, I would, I actually, like, on those mornings, I would still get up around, well, some of the mornings, I would still get up around the same time. And I I mean, my feet would hit the floor and I would run, like, (laughs) because you're- Get stuff done. Yeah, you're getting- the kids get up. Well, then you're, like, getting them breakfast and it's just so much busier, like- Yes. If, it, if they're going to school, it's busy for an hour in the morning. But if they're home, yep. it's busy for all morning. Like, I oh, wouldn't even yeah. shower until the afternoon because yeah. I was doing things, you know, for them and stuff. So, anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's a different yeah, routine for sure. when they're home. Good so. on you, girl. Good on you. I don't well, know. I mean, we've been having school, obviously, because, you know, yes. Florida. But... Florida. <laughs> I can't imagine five days of snow days or whatever it was that you had. That's crazy. Anyway, I mean, I can because I've been there, but not as a parent. Right, right. Well, you do what you got to do, right? And there were were good, fun, you know, things about it, too. But it kind of messes with my brain, like, time-wise. Because I really felt like it was still kind of Christmas break. It was very strange. Even though we had had a couple of days of school, but not a lot. So it was just weird. It was strange. Yeah. Not enough to get back into a routine. Exactly. So now we kind of are, which is nice. I, I'm i a routine girl. You know, I like I my... I know. I know that you are. I like my routine. I hear you. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Speaking of which, um, coffee? Yes. Do you have any? Because, you know, we have I do. Coffee. I do. Okay. So, so I have? have to ask you something. I have the pistachio latte. <gasps> from Starbucks Tell me about it. Okay. And I needed to ask you about it because okay, I'm assuming you probably haven't had it. I haven't. Is that right? 
Okay. So here's the thing. I, I like it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't taste like pistachios to me. Oh. And I, I've looked online and like, everybody's like, oh, it's so good. It tastes just like pistachio. And I'm going, hmm. Do I have a leftover COVID thing happening mm. here? Like, you, is, could. you know what I mean? Yes. Like, is there a lingering thing here? So I was like, well, maybe she's had it. Maybe she hasn't. But I was going to ask you if you had, like, does it taste like pistachios to you? Huh. Well, because now I want to try it. I know. And you know what it tastes like to me? What? Crunch berries. Crunch From berries. Cap- Captain the, Crunch. The cereal? Crunch berries. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Interesting. It does. And I still like it. I it it's got a good flavor to it, but it do, it doesn't taste like pistachio. To me. Here's the and thing, and I don't know if I'm just like. Do you know. do you taste any coffee, or is it just the? Yes, I taste coffee. Okay, and the, you know what made me think of it was um, we actually did our Christmas with my in laws this weekend. Okay, and she was saying my my mother in law was saying. Um, that she, they had COVID over Christmas, like mm-hmm. just after Christmas yeah. as well. And um, she was saying that she still can't drink coffee mm-hmm. because coffee tastes terrible yep. and smells like, doesn't even smell good. Yeah. Um, and Ben has had the same thing where he used to, he doesn't drink coffee, but he'd like the smell. Yeah. Well, now the smell smells terrible to him yep. and it still does. And yeah. so many people, and, and Aunt Madge, her, my my mother-in-law's sister, yep. same thing. She can't drink mm-hmm. coffee anymore yep. after having COVID. So I'm like, is it something about the coffee? Is it something about the pistachio? I or don't, is well, it just not a good yeah. pistachio flavor? See, if everybody's saying you know, that it tastes like pistachio, you got to wonder. Then you got to wonder. Right. Because yeah. I, the same thing happened to Nathan. He... He, I mean, yes, that's pre, right. Pre-COVID, he would go days, uh, and I would have to tell him to drink water. But he would go days without drinking water because he only drinks tea or Dr Pepper, mostly Dr yeah. Pepper. And yeah. after COVID, he has not had Dr Pepper since maybe September, and it's January, okay. which is just because it tastes horrible to him. Yeah. So isn't that so crazy? It's very, very strange what it does to you or why. That's so weird. That's a weird. Yeah, because why just the like, for instance, with the, with Barb, with my mother-in-law, it's just coffee. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing. It's just coffee. And a lot of people have said coffee uh-huh. is the thing that has really changed for them. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It is very strange. I'm so, like, this virus is such a Frankenstein's monster. I know. Like, I don't understand what, ha- like, it feels like it was created to do, just do weird and strange oh, things. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally. It's so crazy. I know. Anyway, I do like it, but I'm not really getting pistachio, so I don't okay. know. Well, Maybe- I might have to try it then and let you know because. Yeah, I need to know. I'm very But curious. here's the other thing. I don't have a super, like, sophisticated palate, so I can't always pick up notes. Of but you have a really good sense can. of smell, so... I mean, I pretty, I, I'm, I think I have a decent sense of smell. I don't think it's... I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I think you do. I think you're the one. <laughs> I think you're the sibling yep. that has it. <laughs> Is that me? Was that me? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I did love to smell things. Like, as a kid, that was my weird, I had a weird fetish of, like, (laughs) smelling things. Like, if if you gave me, like, a gift, I wanted to know what it smelled. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Laura, I do not remember this about you. However, I totally, I totally have that fetish. Are you even kidding me? Really? Yes. Nathan makes fun of me. Mostly it's gross things that I want to smell. Are you serious? Yes. Why don't I remember that? Because it's recent. Probably since the transplant. <laughs> from my from my bone marrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not really, but seriously. Oh my uh, word, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, weird thing. Now I I will say, like, I don't really do that anymore, but like especially as like a little kid, I that really like so if you gave weird. me something different, I, I instead of just like kind of inspecting it, I would smell it. Oh I don't goodness. know why. Laura, what I is happening to us? What? I don't know. I do not know. It's kind of yeah. getting creepy now. I know. It's getting a little creepy. 
At least you can say, though, that it you don't really do it anymore. I just started doing it. Thanks a lot. Well, I mean, I probably still smell. I mean, I think I still smell some stuff, but, like, if you give me something, it's not like I'm going to, like, you know. Right. It almost reminds me of, like, a dog, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, like they have to sniff your hand before you can. Yes. Or they have to, you know. Yes. Well, I don't do it with, like, yeah, I only do it with certain things. <laughs> usually oh it's gosh. gross things. And usually Nathan is like, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, she did it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, okay, this is going such a weird direction. Um <laughs> We can get back on track. We can get back on track. Anyway, (laughs) anyway. Moving along, moving along. Um, So do you want to talk about this year and kind of what we've decided to do this year? I would love to. Okay. Okay, So we wanted to do something a little different this year. Um, Instead of just picking a random book for every two weeks, we decided why not... um, dive a little deeper and maybe do some classics this year because I I know that I personally have not read a lot of classics it's not always my first choice well it's almost never my first choice to be honest but for some reason I felt like this year it might be kind of fun to challenge myself in that way last year yeah um I challenged myself with like how many books can I read in a year not necessarily just to say that I've read a ton of books, but just because I'm like, how many can I read? You know, I just thought it would be fun. And so this Can I ask you how many you ended up with? Yeah. How'd you uh, do? It was 113. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Look at you. Also, that's including my audiobooks. Um, yeah, but that counts, man. Yeah, I mean, I count That it. counts. Some some snobs might not count it, but I do. Well, <laughs> I do. It's like if you had been reading those words, you could have written. It was the same amount of time. You would have exactly. read the words. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, so then wow, this that's year. That's pretty good. I've never had that many. That's really good. Really? I'm surprised, though, because you, I, I think you would be surprised Since I've been if you counting actually anyway. kept track. Oh, I do. (laughs) Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I didn't know that. Um, Well, I do. I have for the last probably five years, maybe. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Four or five, maybe. Um, And this year was really low because um, I don't know why exactly. Hmm. Um, It was just kind of lower. I felt like I had a lot of books that I started and read like halfway through and just couldn't. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. And I hate that because so, yeah. you feel like number one, you're giving up. It's like, well, yes, I you could feel like a get better, but then I have to exactly. remind myself: if this is trash now, why would I even want to finish it? You know? Yes. Yes. Move on to something I, I you guess like. What that? Yeah, I guess what that means is I need to get better at jettisoning faster or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know because anyway. I do that too, Laura. It's frustrating yeah. sometimes when you've done it like book after book after book and you can't find yes. a good one and you can Ugh. you just can't get any traction yes yeah. so annoying anyway so this year instead of doing that um i would like to read more classics that was just one of my goals for this year so laura and i talked about so that what works. we do and we decided let's do it for the podcast too so we are going to do um, instead of every two weeks releasing a podcast, we're going to do it every month because some of these books are a lot longer than, you know, yeah. books that we would normally put on the podcast. And we want to make sure that you have plenty of time to read them and that you enjoy the process and not, you know, have yeah. like, feel like you have to rush yeah. through it just because you want to hear the podcast or whatever, you know, whatever right. excuses. So we want to give you all the titles for um, for the books that we're reading. And then now we should say there's the possibility that some of these may end up not being on a podcast. Oh, sure. In which case we yeah. would substitute yes. um, another classic. Right. Only because some of them, neither one of us have read. 
And so yes. if we get into it and we both absolutely hate it, we're not going to exactly keep yeah. going. You know? yeah. We have a policy. We don't finish books we hate. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so just to let you know, some of these could change, um, but I don't expect many of them to. Yeah. And if they do, we'll, we'll let you know that yeah. we're substituting a different book. And so. some of these either Laura has read or I have read or we have heard good things about. We tried to do that just so that – and we tried to pick some that were – classic classics so that right. you know it would be enjoyable for everybody so anyway yep um i'm gonna give everybody the list and don't worry about you know writing them down or anything well we could put them on our on our website which is grounds for discussion podcast dot what what is it dot com, <laughs> dot com. it's dot yeah. com you can tell it's been a it's been a minute <laughs> it's been a minute okay um so we have sherlock holmes um uh which one did we decide for that and one? we're doing we're doing the hound of the basket yes yes we're doing animal farm a separate piece or place yeah. a separate place a, a separate piece a separate piece who is that yep. written by again i can't remember Oh, gosh, I don't remember the author of that one. I'd have to look that up. Okay. Because I just have that my list have in front not, of me. <laughs> that I have not read. So anyway. Okay. Uh, Gone with I did, the- but it was in high school, so I'm, oh, I'm looking okay. forward to reading it again. Okay. So. Um, Gone with the Wind, Emma, Flowers for Algernon, The Stand, which, you know, we. Debatable, but. We, we really <laughs> talked about that one and decided to put it in there. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. The Last of the Mohicans, The Mayor of Casterbridge, and Lord of the Flies. Not necessarily in that order, but that is yes. the list. So yes. um, today, actually, we chose to do a very short um, play, actually. It's The Crucible by Arthur Miller. Um, just because yep. we know that probably a lot of you have already read it. And so you will enjoy listening to our discussion. Or if you haven't read it, it takes what? A Less day, than a day. I mean, it's very, yeah, it's, very little time. Yeah. Because it's a play and it's, you know, not long. So, <laughs> yep. um, so anyway, that's the one that we're going to be discussing today. That is the list of the books that hopefully we will be reading through this year. And we're really excited about um, doing some classics and kind of, challenging ourselves in that way but also being able to um bring you guys in on the discussion with that so yeah that is our plan for the year I'm, yeah I'm, I'm super excited because for me I, it falls at a perfect time anyway because just over the last probably year or two basically since the podcast especially I've become more and more interested in older books mm-hmm. I just find them to be more satisfying and more mm-hmm. interesting um, not that modern books don't have appeal as well, but, um, I've just gotten more and more into, you know, some yeah. more just older stuff. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. like, yay, a bunch of old books. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. anyway, I, I mean, literature changes through the course of time. And I think that there yeah. has been a shift, yeah. um, yeah, for a lot of different reasons maybe, but. Um, I hear you. Like, I think going back to classics um, can kind of give you an appreciation of uh, what literature used to be, um, even just like yeah. the value of language. And yes, um, I feel like it reminds me of why I love to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some reason right now, modern books just aren't hitting that spot anymore. Yeah. And I just really have been enjoying reading books where it's like, oh, yeah, I, this is the style and yeah. the form that I just re- I really enjoy. So, That's just interesting um, because you know that authors always write to their readers. Like they, yeah. they you know like to write according to how is this book going to sell. So it kind of, it kind of makes you think, well, what kind of shifts have happened in society that, you know, and I'm not saying that all modern books are crap, but no, there's a lot of modern books that I, that I I really like. Um, Me too. It's, 
just recently, for some reason, what the stuff that's been kind of hitting the spot for me has been older stuff. Yeah. I've just really been enjoying that. So. Yes. Yeah. And it's always good to read classics and, um, yeah. you know, I think it is kind of fun to, to, um, just kind of have that in your back pocket. You know what I mean? And to me, it feels like a window into a different world. Yeah. And yes. I feel like I can sort of see what people were thinking about and talking about and yes. what was on their minds, you yes. know, in a in different fact, time period. In fact, we were talking about, I had read um, Rosemary's Baby. I had never read that. And yes. I told Laura about it. And I was like, you should read this. It was written in the 60s. What, 60s, it? maybe? I think. I think so. And there were some things in it where I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, just, uh, it was just interesting to read. There was one section where the main character, she she was talking about meeting with someone in, like, a lounge or a restaurant or something. And he was like, oh, we can't meet there. It's women aren't allowed in there until four o'clock or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, what? And it was written. So like there, there was nothing said about it after that, you know? And I was like, yeah, just totally matter of fact. Oh my goodness. Like apparently that was a thing in the sixties where there was a time frame where women could go into certain places at certain times. I don't, I mean, that just, that intrigues me. That fascinates me. Yes. That there's just little things like that throughout yeah. different books that you you wouldn't see today. Or if it was, yeah. even if it was in like a historical fiction of today, you know that there would be a long description of yes, how the exactly. woman feels about that, you know? Yes, exactly. But there was nothing. I feel like. Yeah, that one specifically was so interesting to me because it felt like a holdover from, like, um, club culture in England yeah, where the yeah. man would have a, you know, if you were, not usually if you were the every every man kind of guy driving a truck, but if you were, like, um, you know, a, a, a duke or an earl or whatever uh-huh. or something, um, you'd have, you know, your club in London that you would go to and yeah. just, like, stay there. Hmm. And women weren't allowed. Yeah. Like, it was just for men. And so I'm like, that feels like a total holdover from oh, yeah. British culture, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was a total rabbit trail. But, yeah, I yes. agree. It was so different and jarring but interesting. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And interesting to think about. And also it makes you – thankful in some ways that the culture has changed now it's like totally flipped but I am thankful I don't have to you know that there isn't that sexism uh when it relates to like where can I being able to go somewhere or that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but you know it's just interesting so yeah yes so um you ready to dive in here to I the am. Crucible? I okay, am. Okay, let's let's chat about uh, Arthur Miller's uh, work here. Yes. Do you want to tell um, about the play just in case people haven't sure. read it um, or haven't seen it? Yes, I can do that. So, okay, so the play is a fictionalization of the events that took place with the Salem Witch Trials in 1692 in um, in Salem. Massachusetts. And um, so, of of course, you're looking at like a a Puritan society and um, there's um, all these different sort of like factions and groups in the village that start to kind of come out as the story goes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You can kind of see He's he actually puts quite a bit of um, commentary in, especially yes. at the beginning, yeah. on different characters, and every character in the play um, was an actual person mm-hmm. living in Salem at the time, and all of their individual fates are correct. But beyond that, there's quite a bit of leeway taken with the characters themselves. Mm. So, the main characters are Reverend Paris who has a daughter, Betty, and we open on them and they are, Reverend Paris is praying for his daughter because his daughter has kind of been like, almost like struck dumb and she's sort of almost catatonic in bed. Mm -hmm. And um, we start to realize that they think that there might be something um, demonic happening. And Reverend Paris has sent for 
um, the, is it Dr. Hale? I think so, um, yeah. Who is sort of a well-known, um, like, theologian from, I think, Boston, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. where he came from. Anyway, um, from a bigger town. Yeah. So this man, um, Dr. Hale, comes to sort of bring the word of God to the situation. So he comes in and he says he thinks that there might be some kind of witchcraft, something happening. So we're, we start to hear from Abigail, who is another girl living in Reverend Paris's household. It's his niece. Apparently she's an orphan, so he took her in. Mm-hmm. And he says that he saw, I'm sorry, Reverend Paris says that he saw Abigail and some other girls out in the woods mm-hmm. with their slave, Tichuba. And he says, it seemed like maybe you guys were doing bad things, like you were maybe trying to do some conjuring or, mm-hmm. do, you know, doing something bad. And so slowly the story starts to come out that, yeah, maybe they were, but yeah. really were they or weren't they? Um, but anyway, um, so he, the way he writes it is that how it starts is these girls are trying to shift the blame from themselves mm-hmm. for what would be considered inappropriate um, activities, mm-hmm. and that's why they start accusing women and some men in the village of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it starts and takes off. Yeah. Um, in the middle of all that is a character named John Proctor and his wife Elizabeth Proctor, and um, we come to find out in this fictional world that Proctor has committed adultery with Abigail, mm-hmm. who is one of the girls making accusations. And so he starts to realize that his wife is in danger of being named because mm-hmm. Abigail wants his wife out of the way because she's in love with them. And he does not want anything to do with her and anymore. He, and he wants to be done with all that. He knows it was wrong to have had this affair. <clears throat> um, and he's trying to cut that off, but he knows that by doing so, he's endangering his wife. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the play, he's just really struggling with how to be true to himself but also do the right thing by his wife and these other accused people. Yeah. Um, so that's the basic plot line, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Did I, did I miss anything in there? That I don't I think so. That sounded pretty accurate. Okay. Um, so where do you want to start? Um, well, I for me, I have seen this play quite a few times. I've read it yeah. a couple of times, um, so, you know, I'm familiar with it, but um, the most... Did anything new stick out to you? Well, the most interesting part for me was actually the backstory behind why Arthur Miller wrote it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, what your... Um, like opinion is on that or anything but well, we um, definitely looked at that quite a bit in high school I remember um talking about okay. well you, you can say it I don't want to jump on what you're no, about to say but yeah that's fine well <clears throat> at the time you know there was the whole um uh oh my goodness I'm drawing a blank the, HUAC yes House on American um activities yeah yes <laughs> and so um Arthur Miller, a lot of people were being accused, you know, and, and Arthur Miller wanted to, um, speak up, but he felt like, you know, he would be accused if he was spoken up and he had visited Salem and did a lot of research on what went on there, uh, during the Salem witch trials. And so he decided that he was going to write this play and, um, and kind of, put like modern day um like ideas or concepts it like showing that history has repeated itself um yeah and so he he his big thing was talking about like the panic and the fear of um what was going on in the 50s and what was going on during the Salem witch trials um and he talked about like he did an interview that I read and he talked about like the blacklisted people and how um, like people would just cross the street to avoid talking to people and they would um, 
you know, do these crazy things. And he said, it's history's repeating itself, even with Nazism or, you know, communism, it, like, uh, people would, um, just assume, well, if they're accused, they must have done something, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that actually made me think of the Bible, uh, the Bible passage about the Pharisees who accused, um, you know, the blind man, well, he must have done something if he's blind. Like, if he's yes. born that way, yeah. he must have done something. Um, it just, you know, triggered that. But uh, it's just interesting to think about how this is a repetitive thing in not just our culture, but in history. Um, yeah. The panic and fear of something will drive people. It's It's worse. It's almost worse than what they're fearing in and of itself. You know what I mean? Now, not necessarily with like (laughs) demonism or whatever, but I don't think that was really what was going on. So, right. You know, I, yeah, that whole, um, concept of repetition in history was very intriguing to me. And I, I mean, I know this is going to total throw a total Mm -hmm. wrench in the works here, but even, recently with the pandemic yeah you know um some some of the stuff with just even asian people or yeah some of the stuff with you know yes. people you know are you vaccinated or unvaccinated being such a big yeah. question yeah. more important than you know anything else and just kind of tearing each other apart yes. you know yeah. in that sense um, even even in the church you know i've yes. seen a lot of division in the church from it yes which is incredibly um, sad. It's yeah, like, it does. It's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing yes. as a church. Yeah. I will say one thing that stuck out to me this time that I hadn't really yeah. thought of in any of my other readings or in seeing the play Yeah. Um, was... Um, I do, I've been doing some reading online just because sometimes I'll go on like Goodreads or just on Google and just look up reviews and just see what people say mm, about yeah. a particular book or whatever, um, just to see what's floating around in people's brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some stuff about The Crucible that I really hadn't thought about. Um, there was people who sort of had an issue with the fact that Arthur Miller wrote this story and... Um, while he kept the fates all the same in the end, he changed some key things in order to make it fit the main um, crisis of the story is based around this affair mm-hmm. between yeah. um, Proctor and Abigail. Now, was well, in the, real life, yeah, tell me about that. Proctor Sorry. was well, yeah, in real life, Proctor was sixty something, and Abigail was eleven. Oh, wow. So he <clears throat> he tried to bring those together a little bit. And he made Abigail 17 and Proctor in his 30s. Okay. Which, okay, you know, that's fine in and of itself. But the reason he did it was so that there could be this affair. Yeah. Well, some people felt like the way that he treated um, Abigail and made her into kind of a sexual object for Proctor Um, that it just felt very sexist and like, even in this whole, uh, environment of, you know, people going crazy and everything, Mm -hmm. you still had to, to, to fall back on kind of a sexist view Mm. of women as the temptress Hmm. in order to, you know what I mean? Like he could have used any kind of crisis. Right. Right. He did. And he didn't have to use any two particular characters even you know what I now, mean somewhere um, I read and I wish I would have written it down now but I read that he when he visited Salem <clears throat> he in his mind really did think that they had something going on maybe not that as Proctor a, yeah and Elizabeth but if she was 11 she was 11 I mean that how that can't be right like well yeah i i, I mean know. unless it was a, a a like a um you know a situation where he was just taking advantage of right, her. right. um i suppose that's possible huh. you know but for her to have been interested in him right 
right really doubt really doubtful yeah um even in that society that would have been young you know yeah yes. um to be looking at marriage and stuff you know right. um so i i kind and, of saw their point like yeah. you even in this, even in this thing where women finally had a little bit of power uh-huh. by accusing other people, yeah. he still fell back on, right, sort of a. I I don't know that you know I don't really know how to phrase it, but just kind of a sexist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you know right um, and and I would say he did kind of sometimes the women were a little bit less fully fleshed out too Mm -hmm. so i sort of saw that as well a little bit Mm -hmm. um but anyway i'm not trying to like demean his work it's a really no it's a really good work that's just an interesting point to make i mean i never i just hadn't thought about that right that hadn't occurred to me and somebody had mentioned that on a review and i was like huh Hmm. okay i could see that you know what i mean yeah yeah Hmm. anyway did you have a favorite character um, ooh, favorite character? I didn't really like any of the characters. <laughs> I said, I would say I felt the most sympathy for Hale because I sort okay. of saw myself in him a little bit mm. where he is is honestly trying to yes. find the truth. He believes there's something um, demonic happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... <clears throat> um throughout the course of his time there, he starts to realize he might've been wrong. Right. But he doesn't know how he's begging. Can't for back it to up that stop. train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, it, it kind of came from a place of hubris. Like it came from a pride in him, mm-hmm. in his, of in his own um, knowledge and learning. Yeah. Um, but he genuinely does want to do the right thing. Right. It's not just that he's, on a power trip about what he knows, right. he really genuinely does want to do the right thing. He just, right. it all got away from him. Yes. Very you know, quickly. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I probably had the most sympathy for Hale. Yeah. I feel um, like yeah. um, there's a big question mark when it comes to, um, not a big question mark, but like some people do still question what was really going on. Do you yes. have an opinion on that? Um, the thing that makes the most sense to me mm-hmm. is that they were, they were caught out. The girls were found out for mm-hmm. doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. And, you know, maybe what started in fear. Yeah. Ended in power. Yeah. Or in... Some kind of, and a lot of, a lot of, you know, like psychologists and that kind of thing want to talk about like sort of a, a group think and like a group, mm. um, dynamic that comes out when you start having everybody having these weird symptoms alike and, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And I don't necessarily think, I, I wouldn't rule any of that out necessarily either. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably a combination of, of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think what probably started in fear turned into people are listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've gone from being the absolute bottom of the pile, right? you know, a, a child and a, and a girl child at that mm-hmm. to now I have to hold the power of life and death right? Yeah. in my hands. And how do you not let that go to your head? Right. You know, when you've right. never had any power whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. I don't know yeah. if that's really an answer, but yeah. What do you well, think? Well, and you saw some of that, too, in the play because, oh, I can't remember her name. She was... Uh, was it Mercy? It might have been. She was... The one who kind of changes sides. Yes, but she, she like, came home. She was... She worked... Uh, who was she uh, a slave for? Or not slave, but, like, she oh, was a helper. Oh, yes, it was Mercy, and she was Proctor and Elizabeth's... Okay, um, so she Serving. came home yeah. and was like, this is what's going on. And he's like, go up to bed. You know, like he was annoyed with her. And she's like, I'll yes. go when I want to. Like she started to <laughs> yes. kind of even at home be yes. like, I have power here. You want to tell yep. me to do something? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> so I and, I, was, and it's so like, funny when he's just like, fine, go ahead. Stay up. What do I care? It's right. just like, fine, I'm going to bed. Well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, I'm going, but not because you told me to. Right, right. It's kind of scary, though, because it does, you know, make you think about people that are in power and the hunger for more power once you have that. And, um, like, I don't know, it kind of makes me self-aware more. Like, ooh, am I hungry for power like that? And when I get something that you know, gives me more power. Do I abuse it? Um, yeah. In certain ways. Um, I don't know. It just, it's the whole thing. It's a very, it's almost scary to think about the scary. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. It's scary to think about the fear that can be instilled in people when there's such a hype about something. Yes, exactly. And you have no control. You have no control over that. Not that you have control over anything, but um, just, yeah. That's why sometimes I think God uses our fears to bring us closer to him in that, like, okay, I always used to say, like, you know, the one thing that I was most afraid of before I had cancer was cancer. And yeah finding out I had cancer was like huge, huge fear. Um, and during I had moments of I'm going to die, you know, but God, like I always say, I would never choose that, but God used that to bring me closer to himself. So kind of set you free. Yes. From that you no longer have to live in fear. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I think God, Sometimes it's almost a um, gentleness and a a mercy that he does that. And I think some people would see that as the opposite. Like, why would God do that? Why would he choose to, you know, to punish us in that way or whatever? But I see it as the opposite because it's actually compassionate. Because that fear is gripping you. It's taking over your heart, your mind, your life. Yep. Yeah, there's no space left for anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. I did think a lot during this reading about um, the idea that the people at this time believed in, um, it seems like they didn't see necessarily spirit. Uh, personal responsibility in the same way that we do Hmm. and they look they they saw if they saw something wrong in a society um they seem to assume the first assumption was always sort of like um that there was either like a conspiracy or that um some dark forces were at work this kind of thing Hmm. whereas in our society today we generally think if something has happened okay um it could be that there's something a conspiracy, mm-hmm. but really it's more likely that a lot of small factors have come together to create this situation mm. um, based on a lot of different things, and it's not necessarily any one person's fault. Mm. And so I was really thinking about that in terms of like coming at it from a Christian worldview where mm. we do believe that there are, uh, you yeah. know, demonic yeah. forces at work in the world. Yes. But that's not our first go-to anytime something happens. Um, Or at least I would hope it's not. I mean, it shouldn't be. Um, Could it be something that Satan's involved in? Sure, of course it could. But I would hope that that wouldn't be our automatic and our only answer. And I don't think it would be. Mm. Um, So I was just thinking about that in terms of coming at it from a Christian worldview. Because I know that the world looks at us and thinks you still believe that there's dark forces at work in the world like yeah. really like witch hunt style you know yeah. yeah um and well yeah but no mm. so you know do you know what i mean like I've, yeah. I've been really thinking about like what separates us from them or are we like them hmm. or um do you know what i mean like yeah yeah so there was this okay when um hail when Mr. Hale first comes in, yeah, I guess it's he's called Mr. Hale in the book. I I went to look, but um, he comes in for his first scene, and of course, mm-hmm. um, Arthur Miller has a thing about him as well, like kind of a a little 
in text something to help you understand mm-hmm. sort of who this character is. And this is going to be a little bit long, but um, it says, like almost all men of learning, he spent a good deal of his time pondering the invisible world, especially since he had himself encountered a witch in his parish not long before. Mm-hmm. That woman, however, turned into a mere pest under his searching scrutiny. And the child she had allegedly been afflicting recovered her normal behavior after Hale had given her his kindness and a few days of rest in his own house. Mm. However, that experience never raised a doubt in his mind as to the reality of the underworld or the existence of Lucifer's many-faced lieutenants. Mm. And his belief is not to his discredit. Better mind than Hale, better minds than Hale's were, and still are, convinced that there is a society of spirits beyond our ken. One cannot help noting that one of his lines has never yet raised a laugh in any audience that has seen this play. It is his assurance that we cannot look to superstition in this. The devil is precise. Hmm. Evidently, we are not quite certain, even now, whether diabolism is holy and not to be scoffed at. And it is no accident that we should be so bemused. Hmm. So he's saying like this, this idea of like, you know, diabolical workings behind the scenes and Satan at work in yeah. people who look ordinary to us is still with us. People still believe this. And right. isn't that crazy? Right. And I put in this funny line, we can't look to superstition in this. Mm-hmm. The devil's precise. Mm-hmm. You know, that's supposed to be a joke. Nobody right. laughs, you know? Right. And I just kept thinking like, so what's different in true Christianity? And there's a lot. Mm. Because what it all came down to with these characters, and again, they're written by a man who is not a Christian. Right. So, you know, um, what keeps going on with these characters is it's always coming down to them, like their personal holiness mm-hmm. and how they are not measuring up. Hmm. Yeah. Because they don't. Right. Right. None of us measure up. It's always kind of down to them to have personal holiness. Hmm. and. That's their Christ. Like, I don't see any of them going, we can't make it, guys. We're going to have to throw ourselves on Christ. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, so, yeah, again, written by a non-Christian person. So, of course, he's not going to see the distinction. But, yeah, yeah, that was something I really thought a lot about Hmm. during this reading. Hmm. Because I do believe Satan is real. Oh, yeah. And that he is at work. Yes. Yeah. So, in his mind, I'm an idiot, but there you have it. I mean. (laughs) One thing Um, as you were reading uh, with uh, Dr. or Mr. Hale, uh, how the little girl we covered after some. uh, Yeah. Okay. It made me think about um, this book that I just finished reading called The Mad Woman's Ball or The Bad. Yeah, The Mad Woman's Ball, I think is what it's called. Um, And it's about these ladies in an institution and how easy it was for men, um, even, you know, 1900s, to put women into insane asylums if they, yeah, uh, for anything. Like, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, Right. Where it's like, she's not ill, dude. Like, yeah. You know, so it just reminded yeah. me of that. Um, and, and even, you know, how, we, how language shows it, because, I mean, frankly, the word hysterical yeah. comes from the same word that we get hysterectomy from. Mm. <laughs> it's talk. It's talking about female, Yeah. you know, yeah. Um, female parts and fe- being a female automatically equates to eh, kind of crazy. Right. You know, like. Right. I think that that plays into the whole power um, idea of just they yeah. have the power to you're not thinking what I think you should be thinking. You're not acting the way that I want you to act. You're hysterical. You need to be put you're away. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely had some different takeaways this time hmm. from past readings so it, it was fun for me mm-hmm. yeah is there anything else you wanted to hit on um I don't think so I think I think we covered most of everything I was wanting to talk about do you find Proctor to be a sympathetic character mm, 
interesting question. I I feel for him in that he was trying to do the right thing eventually. Yeah. Um, I think part of me was like, yeah, dude, you're an idiot. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. That totally you had it coming, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know it. I don't know if I necessarily felt sympathy for him. Once he started, I feel like we're to supposed to feel sympathy to do... for him. <laughs> you what? I feel like we're supposed to feel that sympathy for him. Uh. But it's again, we're coming at it from a very different yeah. era, even from when it was written yeah. by Arthur Miller. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, dude, you treated all of the women in your life so shabbily. Mm-hmm. I mean, and very much. In in a in a way of like, yeah. Know, like, can I get out of Don't this relationship? Don't you love the whole speech to his wife about how I'm doing the right thing? You need to honor. Oh yeah, and how she's like, um, yeah, and how she basically do. says like, <laughs> yes, you and how, yeah, <laughs> and then how she basically gets her to just say like, oh well, I guess I've been too cold. That's uh-huh. why you didn't, yeah, you know. It was Didn't all stay her faithful. fault. It was all you know. Her fault. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. And so I, I just, I, again, I'm, I'm coming from a totally different culture. Yeah. At, you know, for for that question, but yeah. Um, but I just, I found it interesting because I think he's supposed to be a sympathetic character, mm. and I understand the whole struggle about his name. And being able to live with who he is as a human mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. But you didn't ask that when you were having the affair. Right. Like, you you had no problem with living with your name and your reputation. Uh-huh. When it was, you know, mm-hmm. time to get some on the side. Exactly. So. Yeah. All of a sudden you're worried about your name? Like, <laughs> I mean, I you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know. That part annoyed me. Um. And people make mistakes, and I think that's what he was trying to say too. Is that yeah? You know, but Proctor he wasn't saying it in a kind wrong. way. He wasn't saying no, it in wasn't. a way where it was like, "I'm sorry, I did this." You know, right. it was more like, "I'm holier than thou because I'm choosing the right thing right now." No, right? No. And how dare you look at me with suspicion in your eyes? Yeah, because uh, you earned it. How could I not? <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt more sympathy for her than for him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah, after everything that happened and then she was accused. and Yeah. Okay, so this has nothing to do with anything, but I think my favorite line possibly in the entire thing is uh-huh. in the introduction, which is written by, I don't even remember who. I have an introduction. In okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> It's literally the first line. In 1692, 19 men and women and two dogs uh, were convicted and hanged for witchcraft. In a sm- two dogs? Uh, I guess somebody really didn't like those dogs. I mean, those dogs were witches, obviously. <laughs> and did they go on trial? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I gotta imagine they did. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? I mean, that just shows the absolute absurdity. Yes. At that point, wouldn't um, you be you know. looking around being like, are we serious, <laughs> Are we really? Folks? Are we doing this? Really? Are we really doing this? This is not the okay. first dog to have been accused. <laughs> <laughs> that, that canine is, had it coming. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's hilarious. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Oh boy, I gotta edit that out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm so or used to the dad you... jokes. I thought that was hilarious. I know, right? <laughs> Better than most dad jokes, actually. Well, I mean, like, don't you? Th- I mean, okay, I don't know. I guess if you're living in a world where the 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 what is it? The familiars or whatever the spirits yeah. can take any form. They thought they were seeing birds and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yes. So maybe they thought it was a, you know, familiars. I don't know. I mean, it's like, don't you realize? But wouldn't you be like, but I've seen this dog for years around the village. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and also, I really want to know if the dogs were on trial. 
I gotta imagine the dog stands accused. <laughs> this dog stands accused of being a familiar. Who have you? How do you plead? Speak for you. How do you plead? <laughs> well, he said it himself, folks. <laughs> He's guilty. <laughs> All of a sudden, have like a spot on its belly, or this dog has a witch's teeth. No, that's just a teeth. <laughs> it was left on, outside man. overnight, and it got bitten <laughs> by a tick, dude. <laughs> I, I just—that's oh, probably my favorite line. I I'm love like, it. Wow. I love it. Oh. And on oh, that note, <laughs> oh, oh no! I think anyway. we need to do a review. <laughs> yes, I think we do. Let's get down to brass tacks, Let's shall we? Get down to business. All right. So, do you, you want to go? Sure. Your review. I or your rating. I was yes rating. I was going to give this a oh so, um. We should probably say what our reviews are, right? Yeah. Okay, so we have a scale one to five, which we, of course, use coffee, our favorite to our, well, our least favorite to our favorite. So there's number one, which is Folgers. There's number two, which is Duncan. Number three is eight o'clock. Number four is Javalia. Number five is Pete's. So on a scale of one to five, I would give this um, play a um, Javalia. Oh, all right. Um, I enjoyed it. It made me think. Um, I like the story. Um, I have read it quite a few times, and I think that's why maybe it's a Javalia instead of a Pete's for me. Just because I know it so well. Yeah. That yeah. it's like, okay, it's nothing new to me. It is yeah. interesting and it's fun to talk about. It's fun to talk about with you. But um, just nothing wow for me. New. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. I guess that doesn't have anything to do with the story and I probably shouldn't mark it down for that, but I did. So. <laughs> All right. So what would you give it? Um, I really ha- wasn't sure between a Javali and a Pete, so I'm okay. giving it a Javal Pete. Okay, all right. Um, because mixture. I felt like, yeah, because I felt like it, it really does create so many different interesting talking mm-hmm. points, mm-hmm. um, even, or even just thinking points. Like, all I mean, for me to read it th- this many times, you yeah. know, and to still come, um, be kind of introduced to a new concept again because of like right. online reviews but right. still right. um coming from the material itself yeah um so it, yeah so i was like that's pretty good for a for a, yes. a work that yeah that i've read this many times and seen on stage this many times and yes um you know i knew the backstory since high school about you know the mm-hmm. communist scare and everything mm-hmm. um it really is just extremely universally Yes. Uh, applicable. Yes. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm giving it a Javalpi. All right. It's a half and half. Yes. I think so. it's funny that the we use the same, um, not excuse, but um, understanding to give it, yeah. mine was lower and yours was higher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's why it's fun to do it, because. Yeah, exactly. Somebody else has a different opinion or view, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so going forward, like we said, we're going to be doing one podcast a month rather than two, um, just because, again, a um, little extra time to be able to read along with us if you want to do so. Um, yeah, and some of those are longer, longer, like, right. longer books, yep. Last of the Mohicans. And... Yes. We, yeah, we specifically chose the crucible for January because we knew we weren't going to have as long to work on it after the holidays and, and, um, you know, getting back into things and stuff. So, um, this one was short, but a lot of them are going to be longer, you know, based Mm -hmm. on whichever one we do each month. But anyway, um, so that's the plan moving forward. And our next book that we'll be doing Mm -hmm. is, you want to tell? Um, what's that? (laughs) 
drum roll. Oh, drum roll. <laughs> it is the Sherlock Holmes book. The Hound of the Baskerville. Yes. We will drop that next month. So be looking for that. But until then, uh, mm-hmm. may your coffee and books be a perfect blend.